everyone, and welcome to the Changing Climates podcast, focused on politics, propaganda, climate change, and everything in between. We're your hosts, Owen Leeson and Grant Rao. Today, we are here with Isaac Nardi, a UVA graduate with a PhD in biochemistry and genetics, who believes he has found an oral COVID-19 antiviral. Welcome, and thank you for joining. No problem. Thanks for having me. So, uh, yeah, I'm Isaac Nardi. Um, I graduated uh, in grad school, so uh, from University of Virginia. I did my undergraduate at Virginia Tech, so I actually went to Virginia Tech and UVA are actually like enemies of each other. Yeah, <laughs> so I went yeah. to the enemy school, which was funny. Uh, but so I did my undergrad at Virginia Tech, and then uh, I did my graduate work uh, in biochemistry and genetics at University of Virginia, where I studied the epigenetics of chromatin inheritance and segregation in, in cells, which was a whole lot of fun. Uh, and uh, from there, I, I went on to do uh, translational work and still uh, research, still mechanistic research in lung cancer. And then um, kept going uh, into industry where I work in a, for a diagnostic company as a biochemist. And um, on the side, um, you know, I got to be a good mad scientist. So on the side, I just got to tinker with stuff <laughs> in my own house uh, and try to try to find some stuff. So um, I guess how um, well, first of all, let me ask you guys. So, I mean, from a non-science background, how do you how do you feel about COVID? I mean, how do you? For everything yeah. that's going on, how do you feel? Great, you want to take this one or you want me to hop in? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can start. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it is uh, almost without a doubt from a just like a world perspective, uh, the United States uh, as a nation has definitely struggled. Uh, yeah. Just on a, on, a, on a case, you know, a case wide look at it, we're number one. Uh, I think yeah. right now, number two is, is India, which has a population much greater than us. So mm-hmm. I, I, de- I definitely think. Uh, further steps are needed. I, I saw today, or it might have been yesterday, that uh, the United States was considering giving out like half doses of the vaccine yeah. already, just because. Yeah. Yep. You're totally right on on that. Um, sorry, Owen. And, and, and how about you, Owen? How do you feel? I mean, oh, I mean, hey, this is a pretty organic conversation. So if you feel the need just to jump in, feel free to jump in. But for me, um, I, I have found it quite particular. Uh, it's especially with mask wearing. I know it's something that you can immediately see someone not wearing a mask in a store, whether it's Walmart or Target or whatever department store you go to, you can um, kind of assume where they stand politically. It's something that's like, it's kind of like a big, big red flag for the most part. I mean, unless of course they have um, some sort of um, like breathing uh, disability or something along those lines, completely understandable. Um, But for me, I did like, just looking at COVID from that standpoint, you can really break break people down like that. Um, and then I'm also, of course, I'll write Grant's waves here and just say like, yeah, I mean, the United States has struggled, um, but so has a lot of other countries. And I'm just interested to kind of just hear the backstory and your antiviral sure. um, and like, a- how that came to being. Like, <laughs> you know, you're just working at your diagnosis company. And it was like, hey, this is this is something I could do in my free time that could really like, impact a lot of people. So yeah. that's what we're most interested about. Thanks. Sure. So, um, yeah. So the, the one, I want to address something about the, um, yeah. So the uh, question come up a lot, um, is why go to TikTok? And it's a really good question. Um, I never thought I would be on TikTok. I thought that was just where people did dance videos. Uh, and it, it is, to be honest with you. Um, and so I've gone down the conventional routes of, and I, I said that, but, you know, I, I want to reiterate, I've gone down the conventional routes of funding. I actually have 
a grant interview um, at the National Science Foundation and two other proposals in review at NIH. And I forgot the other organization, but it's a government organization. And, um, you know, I've been through the publication process before, so I, I know it well for, for other things. Uh, and so I've gone down that road. And I, I continue to go down that road. And I've also reached out to big biotech and pharma. The The problem is, is there's a there's a, a door that is the, a hypothetical door that's hard to get through. Mm-hmm. And that door being is that um, I don't have the FDA on speed dial, right? I'm one person. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's very hard to, even if you have the, you know, people said uh, there was one person, you know, if it's a great idea, it'll get into the right hands. I have to respectfully disagree with that. And there's so much, and and there's so much published science data on on scientists right now doing great COVID work, looking at compounds. And there's a gap, there's a vacuum because nobody sees it. I mean, except other scientists like me, like I see it, I'm like, oh, that's like really great. But there's a huge gap between what is going to get to the people and what is being researched. Uh, and so I've gone down the conventional channels and I, I continued and I just I got to a point where I, I, I was just I mean, I couldn't even get past like customer service. I mean, I, 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 they wouldn't take my calls. Um, I messaged the CDC so many times. Uh, then they said, call your state representative. I called my state representative. Uh, they said, I can't do any. They said, frankly, I can't do anything for you. OK, uh, so it came to a point where I said, OK. There is this system, and I respect the system. I get it. Mm. But the system wasn't built um, during a pandemic or to go as Mm -hmm. fast as a pandemic, right? So in order to potentially get these things out, we'll wait. And they say, oh, wait, okay, go publish it. Wait for it to publish. I've been through the publication process a lot, right? And and it's fine. During a not a pandemic, these things can take short-term, six months, long-term, sometimes two years. Wow. We don't have that time. We don't. Now, that's not to say we shouldn't review the data. Absolutely. But you don't have to have publication to review the data. The FDA, if you have something and you were to say get it through a pipeline and vetted by a company in venture capital, the FDA will review your data as it's coming, right? A third party will. Mm-hmm. And so I went to TikTok because I, I was just like, I don't know where else to go. I mean, I really yeah. don't. Um, and I also, my I, I joking, you know, it was funny. My mom had said, you should post it, put this on TikTok. And I said, no, absolutely not. Uh, because I was like, it, it, that's for dance videos. No one cares. Uh, and I, I sat I got back from the gym, uh, and I jokingly met, I was having dinner with my brother and he, I said, you know, maybe we should make a TikTok video, you know? And he goes, yeah, we should do that. Like he was, I, I said, oh, okay. So we shot it like in, in, in my mm-hmm. kitchen. Um, and I posted it thinking nobody would see it. I mean, cause there's millions of videos out there. Right. And, and yeah of, you know, people much more attractive than myself um, doing dances and, and having a good time. And that's what people go for, go to the platform for. And um, so I, I posted at like 2.30 in the morning because I was up, you know, researching like any nerd would. Oh, absolutely. That was the best time to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not thinking anything of it. And then I woke up and it was like 14,000 likes. Now, for me, that's a lot because I've, one, I didn't expect anyone to see it. Uh, two, I, I don't think I've had 14,000 people see my face in my entire life. So, <laughs> I hope now, so. yeah, for that. right. And then by the end of the day, it was over a hundred thousand. And I was like, this is wild. Um, okay. Uh, and I, I went and the message was heartfelt. And so now I'll get to the antiviral. So basically, um, to break it down very high level, um, and I'll have a whiteboard talk about this. I love whiteboard talks and they're fun. Uh, is that, so the, the, the convention and 
is this on the the trajectory that you want for your podcast? Uh, if you want oh, to reroute yeah. me, any- sure. This oh, is yeah. awesome. Yeah, we're yeah. Just, just enjoying the train ride right give now. Give it. Give us, uh, and you can go into detail then. But just feel Great. free to just give us like a broken down, dumb down version, sure. and then just build up from there. Sure. So, so let's start with vaccines because that's what's on the market. Okay. Yeah. So let's start with the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So the COVID protein, or not the COVID, made of protein, so the COVID virus, right, has mm-hmm. uh, on the outside, you've probably heard of spike. It has these speckled with these proteins on the outside of it called spike protein. Um, and that's because they kind of look like a spike uh, if you look at the structure. And the spike protein interacts with the ACE2 cell receptor. So in simplistic terms, the co- it allows the COVID protein to bind to your cells and then get inside your cells and hijack their machinery to make more virus. And then it spreads. So the vaccine, um, the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccines are RNA vaccines, but the more importantly, they build immune, they're meant to build, uh, to stimulate the users or the patient's immune system to make antibodies against the spike protein. Because that's, and it's a great, it's it's a great uh, thing to make antibodies and immunity to a protective. It stimulates your body to protect against the entry point for COVID, right? That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, and so I am, by the way, I want to be very clear. I'm pro-vaccine. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as, as anyone should be. Absolutely. Um, that being said, right, there's been problems. Uh, rollout has been slower than we thought. Uh, there is, we've uh, dealt with um, long lines. Uh, shipping has been cut in half for many states. It's a, do, it's a two-dose vaccine. So the first dose gives you roughly 50% immunity. So it's a coin toss. It's that second dose that's going to boost you right to that 95. Uh, and so you deal with a lot of real, the science is great, but you deal with a lot of real world issues of, yeah. okay, now you have to have patient compliance. People come back twice in a pandemic yeah. when you're trying to yeah. get massive amounts all at once and there's lines and all this, and there's the stability of the vaccine. That's a tall order just logistically. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so now they're going, okay, someone, I think uh, you said, okay, one dose, right? And they're saying that's good enough. I mean, it, yeah. it's good enough because it has to be. They don't want it to be. It's good enough because it has to be. They, the demand, I mean, to be clear, right, I think, think Project Warp Speed, they said the goal was 20 million vaccinations by the end of 2020. I didn't even yeah. think we may have broken 3 million by now, maybe. Um, yeah, they're, I know they're in very- PA, they're... I think in PA, they're planning like a half a billion. I think that's like what they're planning right now. It's reading a newspaper article about it. So it's it's horrendous. But it's- right. So it's not that the science is bad. Their science is really good. It's just you're dealing with the real world where you need ten, hundreds of millions of people vaccinated all at once. Mm-hmm. And that's a tall order, especially for something there. It's an RNA-based vaccine that's, as you've probably seen in, this, in the news, has to be shipped in very cold temperatures and yeah. it's very unstable, right? And that's yep. so they're they're using a bleeding edge technology, and it's a great this, that technology to be clear is going to be I, I believe the future of vaccines. It will be. It's a great technology, uh, but you're using bleeding edge technology in a time of crisis. So it's a high risk, high reward kind of scenario. And furthermore, let's get back to Spike. So you make antibodies against Spike. Now, also some people uh, can't take the vaccine, right? And they say if you have allergies, um, right, it can give you, and and that's not. Uh, to be clear, that is not a Pfizer vaccine or Moderna vaccine problem. That is a just a vaccine thing, right? Some people okay. will yeah. have have also autoimmune problems where their immune system overreacts, and these things can be dangerous to them. So those people can't take it, and that's okay, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and they need and and they they bet on the population taking it as well as other drugs that they can take, uh, such as antivirals, 
So, right. So um, let's, so we'll go to antivirals. So for instance, let's say someone can't take the flu vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what you know they have a compromised immune system or they they have an allergy and, and they can't do it. Um, so there's antivirals and these are drugs that attack the virus. So there's such thing as Tamiflu. That's an antiviral. It's a common one. Uh, if you've ever people have had cold sores or genital herpes, they you've probably heard of acyclovir. That's an antiviral. Uh, when right? we were doing some really quick research, like do they use antivirals for HIV and other? Oh, oh absolutely. It's okay. so good. You, it's so good you brought that up. Antivirals are the foundation and the reason that every HIV positive patient is living a normal lifespan right now. Yeah. I mean, okay. they are incredible awesome. and, and they have the biggest class. I mean, they're so good now that there are people, many people with HIV are walking around with no detectable virus in their system. That's how good yeah. they are. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And they're on the antivirals, the who on the, you know, the who <laughs> World Health Organization, who I was yeah. thinking of the band, yeah. uh, the who, uh, <laughs> the band, the who, uh, likes, uh, they, in their like, you know, top medications that you need to have on, they have a bunch of antivirals right on there. Cause these are great first line, quick relief, right. Type of things, because let's also be clear about a vaccine. It takes four to six weeks to work. Wow. So, and that's so, and that's just any vaccine, right? Because yeah, you have yeah. to, your immune system has to one recognize it, then it's got to build antibodies, and it's got to build like hopefully memory cells, right? And it takes a while, and that's okay. And so, and this is where antivirals have a really great place, is because they can stave off that infection, they can bring the population back to baseline. And most antivirals are oral, which is even better because convenience, right? You can go yeah. pick these things up at your pharmacy, mass distribution, no temperature, anything like that, and you don't have to go to a hospital to get them, right? So, the, so they're a great shield, right? I, I believe antivirals should be used in conjunction with the vaccine to help it do its job so it can roll out properly. That's what I believe. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to the antiviral. So that's the spike protein. But there are many other proteins in the in, that COVID uses. So once it's inside a cell, there are its genome that encodes for several proteins that are necessary for the virus to hijack the cell's machinery and replicate. So we call these like viral replication factors. And so studies have shown that if you inhibit these proteins, the virus can't replicate. That's really powerful because what happens is when people get sick with this is if you have an immune system, naturally it would start to attack the virus. But if the virus replicates so fast, it can overload your system. And that's where antivirals come in. Say if you had an antiviral that halted its immune system by 20%, that could give your body the edge that it needs to actually be able to take care of the infection itself, right? And not only that, but they alleviate symptoms, right? That's what they're for, for immediate emergency use. So I, uh, what I did yeah. as the good mad scientist that I am is I took one of these key viral replication factors and I made sure that it was, um, it was conserved from COVID-19 all the way to the UK strain, because actually the UK strain has is highly mutated spike protein. And that's a problem because yeah. we don't know fully if the vaccine will work for this new form. That's a problem, right? It, I, yeah. I think it will, it should, but we don't know. And it's a highly mutated part, but this, the, that one, the, the part that I'm targeting is not mutated between these versions. It's highly conserved and that's great right? Because it can work for all these different variants, right? Yeah. And so I did uh, in silico screening, which means high level, I looked at every approved drug and compound, via natural or synthetic that has human 
data that has human safety data and that's orally available and that's that would be available for for wide scale up right because if it's some compound that nobody can make and that is experimental and has no human data it's it's not really ready for rapid deployment and sure enough yeah. i found a a, a a, a list of these and then I did an in vitro screen. So what's an in vitro screen? So I took a recombinant version of this COVID factor, put it in a test tube, and then I put it in with my inhibitor with with all these different inhibitors one by one. A lot of uh you get the, there was so much pipetting, you know, I'm using my hands, I'm already got like a tunnel. Um because <laughs> usually they have machines do this if you have like hundreds of compounds. I don't I don't have a machine because I I can't afford it. It's a robotic. So I remember I got all these these compounds and I was like looking at them and I was like, all right, here you we go. I took, I took an ibuprofen because I knew I'm like, I'm gonna cramp up. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, I did. Uh, and then I did a screen and sure enough, I found a hit. I found a hit that inhibits the virus very or sorry, the the sorry, the replication factor in vitro at a at a very efficacious dose. And not only that, the the compound is natural. It has human data and it has safety data. And it's also it also has studies to show that it's anti-allergenic, which is fantastic because that's what so many people suffer from from the vaccine if they have allergies or if they take drugs, they can have a anaphylactic shock. And so I I saw that and I said, OK, let's I, I got this thing. I got the data um, and I had it. And and literally, I, I we were sitting. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I've reached I. I've reached yeah. out to pharma multiple times, even before this, on, on multiple things. And I was like, well, it was a whim. Let's go to TikTok. Yeah. Um, and, and not only that, is, is I've, I formulated this plan for a long time. And I, I, I pray that I, I or people or everyone is part of a team that we can execute this. And, and the plan is this, is there are more viral replication factors inside COVID. And I'm using and I want to use the HIV model. And what is that model? That model is most people with HIV are taking a cocktail of drugs, usually about three to five. And these drugs synergize with each other. Say drug A attacks HIV protein A that's necessary for replication. Drug B attacks the viral coat protein that's necessary to get in. Drug C. So you box the virus in, right? You attack all these different factors so the virus can't, has no way to get around. And so right now I'm actually doing further screen of other key viral proteins that are necessary for uh, replication, attachment, et cetera. And I will continue to do a screen because I imagine not just my compound, but a single pill that's a cocktail, just like HIV. There's like a, the HIV drug mechanism that will attack the COVID virus in, every, in as many points as possible to box it in. And then hopefully with this out in, in, in my fantasy as I'm going along, the virus or the, the, sorry, the vaccine will have more time to roll out and do its thing. And that's, that's the fantasy. <laughs> so I that's have in vitro it's what, it's brilliant. What do I need? It's 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 oh. brilliant. It's uh, uh, I, I have to ask. I know that w within your videos and, and within like comments, um, you mention the the impact this could have not just in the United States but in like oh, other yeah. like third world countries who, yes. who don't even have the abilities as you stated to store vaccines at these like extremely you know cool temperatures. They don't. They don't. And and that's the other thing is when I did this, I had I had uh, low resource settings and, and third world countries in mind. Places where there are not hospitals with minus 80 freezers, where planes may cannot fly and we don't have an airport, uh, where you need something that's room temperature stable, that's oral, because as soon as you have a needle, there's now you got to go to the hospital to get it. There can be dirty needle. There's all you got to take that guesswork out. It's just got to be popping a pill. 
right? So you ha- it made me get quite creative and I'm still getting creative and, 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 and I will continue to push uh, because it's not just the compound I have is, is that I think that this strategy is viable for, uh, it, it, it's, it's, and it's actually, you know, it sounds, I'm making it sound revolutionary and it's not. In fact, it's very pragmatic. And I think that's the beauty of it is we have, and we've done this for other viruses, right? And, and, and things, right? We, we have antivirals, we have antimicrobials and, and we use them for rapid deployment. We gave soldiers them in World War II, right? And so you don't get sick. Uh, so you have on-site assistance and the third world countries, especially like India, like you mentioned, I mean, they, they're, they don't have a weapon in this fight. And they need it because they're suffering a lot. We're very blessed in a first world country to have minus 80 freezers and hospitals readily available that are clean, that have proper needles and have proper sterile technique. But as you know, that's not the case in a lot of places. Uh, and we need, I just believe, I'm pro-vaccine. I just believe we need more more weapons in the fight so the vaccine can get everywhere it needs to. And um yeah, that's where I am. And, and so, like, I just reached out because I was just like, I kept getting the door shut in my face. I said, okay, well, maybe if we get enough groundswell, we can get the higher ups to listen. You know, I'm willing to work with pharma. I'm willing to, to go through those channels. I, I just, I need support because I, I can't run a clinical trial. Those things cost tens of millions of dollars at, at lowest. And so here I am. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the, the TikTok got our attention. So I'm glad. I mean, that's the first podcast I've ever been on. I'm, I'm quite honored because I, I, you know, I'm quite the, uh, you know, I, uh, when you probably saw me in a, a the, the TikTok video and it's, you know, you saw me very, very serious and, you know, I'm trying to get a message in, in 59 seconds. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's quite hard. And moreover, you know, I come off as wooden because I'm, I'm quite shy, uh, about being on camera. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a shy guy. So I, I kind of went on and tried to, I don't know, see what, see what happened. And, and people, you know, I got a lot of, was admonished, oh, these aren't the proper channels, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I've gotten more eyeballs in this for better, or for worse than I, than I have for any grant or paper I've ever written. Yeah. TikTok, yeah. TikTok, not that we're going to dive into this much, but I find it um, quite particularly like awesome just to look at. I know it's like we people use the adjective all the time. But um, if you're able to get your point across in less than 60 seconds or in 59 seconds, um, because of how TikTok works and how it rides its algorithm, mm-hmm. that Grant, I, I love Grant. He's like one of my best friends. He is a stark like climate change. He likes learning about science, um, which is great, which is awesome. He's a he's a hardcore vegan. And um, because of that, like your video pop, probably popped up on his For You page. And it, Hell yeah. TikTok, TikTok is better than any any media, any social media out there um, at finding the people that will listen to you uh, for better or for worse. Um, yeah. for, for, for your page, that's phenomenal, right? Like for a page that is, uh, you know, factual, uh, for a page that is uh, experience in science, if you experience within an actual lab at a diagnosis company um, and with an individual who's trying to create a, a genetic prison for um, for COVID-19. I'm going to put it um, better. Absolutely. Yeah. Genetic yeah. prison. It's a great, and, great analogy. Yeah, and like, I mean, this is, I mean, for me, uh, over the last semester, I learned about Yemen uh, in one of my history classes in the modern, it was the history in the modern Middle East. And it, I mean, it was a class that everyone probably at some point takes in college or just whatever. But we lear- I learned about Yemen on a personal level. 
And uh, I didn't realize how co- how badly COVID-19 wasn't just affecting like the average individual in those countries, but the healthcare workers in those countries. And that's why I find your antiviral like absolutely necessary. Because um, in Yemen alone, uh, three of the top uh, genetic, uh, not just genetic, but medical professionals within Yemen have died. Um, they, they're, uh, yeah, they're uh, head of their uh, healthcare system in Yemen, which, I mean, for, I mean, they've been in a civil war for over like 2000, 2000 days. But like, that's where like easily accessible pills or some sort of antiviral for these like small countries that don't have any sort of healthcare system where it's hard just to get the food to people that's where we need extremely easy cures not necessarily cures but just like antidotes and just to be able to fight off this like superly transmittable disease yeah yeah it's completely necessary like a syringe is awesome but like that could transmit hiv which is something we're just talking about and that it could transmit anything with any blood-to-blood contact disease and that just creates a multitude of issues it um, does and you have to have uh, people uh, that know how to give the thing and exactly sometimes uh, there's not hospital sorry. staff there <laughs> yeah. and we're having we're having that problem with like actual professional like uh, vacciners in this country too because all the medical professionals as you probably know are busy helping the people in the mm-hmm. hospital oh yeah um, and my grandfather was home for a couple of days over christmas break and he pointed out that you can make like $50 per hour if you uh, take the time to be trained on how to become a vacciner right now, which I was like, wow, obviously I'm not great with needles. So I'm not the person to do that, but I'm fine <laughs> with getting a vaccine. Um, but like we're in, a, in the United States of America, like clearly a developed nation. We don't have the people that can give vaccines. How are we expecting um, like, you know, Yemen, India, Sudan, any of these countries that are in dire straits, not even as much like, India is a whole nother thing that Grant knows a lot more about. But um, like we need an easily accessible pill for these for these countries. And that's why I find your like not just your but any antiviral uh, quite like, quietly needed. Like it is it's a desperate situation in those countries. On, yeah, on and, that, and, oh, on sorry, that America sorry, on that America on American note to hop back over. Uh, speaking of like the super kind of politicized uh, environment that we're in right now. Do you think that your antiviral may be easier for people to come around to taking? Because like you said, the beauty of it is kind of that, I don't want to say like simple, because obviously, I mean, this is like wonderful what you've done. But do you think the fact that it kind of is, you know, already widely available, it, it can be out, it can be, you know, science shows that it, it, it is, you know, very safe. Do you think that will play better into people accepting it over a vaccine? I do hope so. And, and, and that's part of the reason why I went to already approved drugs and it's a pill, it's a compound. So it's not a vaccine. There are people, you know, for better or for worse, that are scared of vaccines and, and, you know, and that's a whole other issue, but you're right. It's a, it's a very good point is that people are much more likely to pop. I mean, in America, we have a huge, you know, health complex. People pick up medications all the time Uh, Mm -hmm. and people are much more likely to take a drug that they know or have heard of and that doesn't have vaccine in it because that scares some people for better or for worse it does right because and 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 that's a it's a great point you bring up is that is that you need at the end of the day whether you agree with them or not you need patient compliance because if mm-hmm. people don't do it whether you know you can try to bonk them on the head you know through social media but if they don't do it they don't come to the hospital they don't come and that's a problem yeah. uh, and and so the pill i'm hoping this pill, this cocktail I envision, I, I'm hoping it would be a little more 
palatable to people, especially because it would be compounds or drugs that, that they would know. And they say, okay, well, oh yeah, I know that one. That's off the shelf. Sure. Sure. Let's, let's give that a try. Oh, it's a pill, not a shot. Oh, that's cool. Right. I mean, needle phobia is a thing. Um, and, and you know, being able to take something in the safety of your own home, I, I, I hope, I hope that that is a, if this hypothetical pill, right. And you could, you were a patient or you were a person right now around the world and you're able to go back to your home and wherever you lived and, and, and pop it at your will. I'm hoping that from a mental standpoint, that, that it gives people what they feel like they control, right? Okay. Like mm-hmm. this is, I got this. This is, I, I can do this. I, 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 I just honestly, I'm hoping it makes people comfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, and and because you know you can you can go all day and and I and I went down this rabbit hole, you know, trying to combat you know misinformation or misconceptions, right? And, and that's good, right? And people better than me with further reach are doing that, right? Because I'm I'm a, a random a dude and I don't have the the platform or the reach to to be able to actually make a dent in that. And those people should and and they're going and they're they're doing a wonderful job. But at the end of the day, I mean, misinformation is really, really strong. So it gets to a point of pragmatism is, okay, I won't be able to change these people's minds overnight, but they're willing to take this this thing and it might work. Okay. <laughs> like, let's just we'll first try to change their minds later. Let's just stabilize the population. Then we can work on like public education and, and outreach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the time is... It's um, I don't want to sound like doomsday because I, I am I am hopeful in a way. But I mean, it, 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 there are there are already rationing oxygen tanks in California. Yeah, that is yeah. nuts. I, I mean, yeah. it, it, can you imagine having a loved ones like, call the, the ambulance? I'm, oh, my God, I need help. And they well, how far are they? And the, 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 it's going to come. It's coming to a point where the health. Hospitals will make a call. Well, the hospitals might start making calls while they're too far gone. We have to save oxygen for those we can save. I don't want to get there. I really, yeah. really don't. We don't uh, have to play God. I, yeah. I mean, good God. I don't, no, no pun intended. I don't want to get there. And I don't think we have to. I, I believe that there is technology. Better scientists than me have published about repurposing drugs, right? This is not a new idea. It's a very pragmatic idea. And I believe if we get groundswell, and I have to believe, because why else would I be doing this insane thing? Uh, I have to believe that if we get enough groundswell, we can make this work. Because I don't think that, I think, the, say, the government will listen or Big Pharma will listen. I just don't even think they hear us right now because they're, they're insulated. I mean, these are billions and billions of dollars companies. Why would they ever watch a TikTok or listen to a, we're like, let's be honest, like we're, we're, and I say this, I mean, we're common people, right? We're just regular people. These yeah. companies are in the clouds. I mean, can you imagine the having the amount of money that they have? I mean, it, you get insulated to a point. So my only solution somehow is to uninsulate them so that they can hear us. But as to how that can be done, oh, man, you guys got me. I'm looking for ideas. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think that... Uh... Not to hop on and get all political with you, uh, but do you think with the incoming administration uh, and the Biden administration being more open to pushing, uh, whether it's everything from mask mandates to, you know, pro-vaccination, pro-listening to 
uh, doctors to scientists to specialists, do you think in a climate that's more, you know, like Biden led, do you think that'll make it easier for people to kind of hop on and listen to and, and push this idea? I do hope so. That's the hope. I really do. Um, I, I do hope so. Um, what's going on at the Capitol right now is it's sad. I don't. Yeah. No matter what side of the aisle on, I don't want people to get hurt. I, I really yeah. don't. We've had enough I, of that. <laughs> the issue that you're describing isn't necessarily even partisan. It's it's, it's not. It's not meant to be. Yeah. It's and really yeah. not meant to be. <laughs> um, like as I listen to you more, um, or just like, you know, as the conversation between you and Grant takes place, um, it, I mean, this is like a lot of different things, but uh, reaching these companies, whether they're, you know, massively you know, like billion dollar companies such as like coca-cola or pfizer or like astra astra's AstraZeneca. Oh, yeah yeah oh yeah uh these huge whether the medical companies are just common commercial i companies. applied for a thing for them sorry to cut you off i i actually oh. uh, submitted a, a a solution for them i got to i think the final round and they cut me i was really bummed oh. <laughs> but, yeah i tried <laughs> That's what we just yeah, gotta keep doing. Um, yeah, it's, absolutely. I mean, and that. I mean, that's what makes it hard. Um, I think Winston Churchill. I was watching uh, like Molly's Game, which is a movie that was on Netflix. Great movie. And yeah, I know. I just watched it with my girlfriend. But one of the last things they say um, in the in the movie, one of the last things on the script was uh, this quote by Winston Churchill that kind of like stuck with me. Obviously, I guess quotes just do that. Um, but Winston Churchill describes success as um, continually to fail without a loss of enthusiasm. Um, and like, that's something that we, like, not necessarily we, but individuals like, you know, you that have the education that have the experience, but, you know, Grant and I, people who have like, hopefully as this, uh, podcast grows or through TikTok or whatever, or just talking to people on the streets, we have our own platforms. Um, it's just reaching out to people and telling them that there's, you know, not just a vaccine, there's also an antiviral or, I mean, not for us to take, but like, there's other routes here to fight. Uh, COVID nineteen, other than just the vaccine, absolutely. And and the vaccine is is is. I want to reiterate is great. Vaccines, I mean, have been one of the you know greatest like biotech inventions ever. I mean, right, the polio vaccine was an absolute game changer. Uh, I mean, that saved lives. And polio was awful. Uh, and and the vaccine basically wiped it out. And that's incredible. Uh, and um, I think that it's. It, it, it comes down to not just right. It's not even partisan. It comes down to uh, because there's a lot of good science, you know, that never sees the light of day. And I've seen that science. You, you know, as a scientist, you read all these papers and you think, "Damn, this is a great idea. Why doesn't somebody pick this up?" And it comes down to a lot of you know, there. You know, when I say politics, I don't mean like uh, politics. Say like in a company, right? Oh, we don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. This is where the company's going. So like company business politics. Um, it also comes down to nobody sees it. Um, insulation. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is there is a gap, I believe, between people like us and, say, large corporations. And why wouldn't there be? I mean, these corporations are, are putting out products. They're very successful because of what they what they put out. And I, I don't begrudge yeah. them. Um, on the other hand, they also I don't I, I believe as you get bigger, you become out of touch. And why wouldn't you? Right. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to remain grounded when billions. I mean, I could, these are things that I could only imagine. Right. It's like the people that win the lottery. I mean, everything changes like night. And so I believe there is a huge gap between what the people want and need and what 
these say big corporations or big pharma are actually putting out. Now, I believe now they they do their market research, so clearly there's some some way. But again, market research. I mean, every research study has its flaws. So you're doing market research with test groups. People are in, right? It's like what does the common person need down at the ground floor? And my question is, do they hear those people? And I don't think they do. Uh, and that is a conversation that needs that I believe needs to be had. I mean, it, it's like the common person you go to a politician. Do you even hear me? I mean, that's the thing. Or do you hear me? Are you going to represent mm-hmm. me? That's what they want to know. And we've never had that conversation with, say, big pharma. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. Are you going to represent? Yeah. Me? And it's a hard conversation to have because, like, I mean, I mean, it's a, I mean, OK, like, how the heck are you going to get their attention? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. They don't. Because they you don't know, have yeah. like any sort of obligation to listen to us. Like it's not. They don't, right? They're it's right. not like a politician who, like, we as our as as his or her constituents, like we voted them up onto that platform. Mm-hmm. But whether mm-hmm. it's you know Johnson and Johnson or any of these companies, like we're just consumers. Like we just they produce what we need, but not all that we need, and that's yeah, exactly a lot of power. And and not to cut you off, Lisa, but but even when it comes to like you know your typical politician that people are electing, you still run into the issue of are these people you know even hearing me? And we elected them. There there is a I'll speak on the environmental side because that's what I I read mm-hmm. a lot about uh, in like environmental spheres, especially with climate change. There's this idea of I think it comes up in economics as well uh, called like the tragedy of the commons, and and all, and all that it means is that you know if everybody people often think that little things like people doing little things doesn't add up or have an impact. So in terms of like climate change, if when people make the statement that, you know, it's just one plastic bottle, what does it matter? It's just one straw. It's just one bag, or it's already in the store. If I buy it this one time, it doesn't matter. And that adds up. And and I think not in a negative way, but actually in a positive way, if I don't think people realize if every person, you know, got a hold of this or started spreading this idea or whatever the idea be, is, you know, I feel like people often don't realize because they don't, they don't see the direct, you know, impact of their voice or their actions. But if people talk about something enough, it, it often can reach the top people, you know, it, it can have that voice. The issue is just getting people to realize, you know, talking about this type of thing, you know, even, even just bringing it up with a friend can, can really have an, a lasting impact. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Some of the, the, what I believe some of the best ideas I've had came from talking to just other people. Like, hey, what about this, Isaac? Oh, you know, that's a really good idea. I should like go down that route. And that's that's how my, some of my best science has ever been um, has ever been done. In fact, getting onto COVID uh, for looking for compounds that are available that was that idea was spitballed to me just when I was like shooting the shit with a friend, and he was like, wow. you know, it wasn't it, we were literally having shooting the shit and. And then he started, you know, and the idea kind of interpolated more. And I was thinking about it, thinking about it, you know, three beers later, I was like, oh, it's like, you know, the beer tends to make things an even better idea. And <laughs> yeah. three more beers later seemed like a great idea. And so that, you know, that morning, I'm, uh, that night or that early, early morning, I started ordering equipment while I was in a, in a very buzzed state. And, uh, you know, it came a week later and I go, well, I guess now that it's here, I better use it. Uh, and so that's how it that's how it happened. Uh, and I, I completely agree. Right. Yes. I mean, if and I get why people are beaten down, because it's like, well, nobody listened to me. So it's like people are frustrated. Heck, I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to get back to your life and you, you just you want some sense of normalcy. 
So they don't think they can make a difference. And when that happens, apathy sets in. And apathy is very dangerous, not only for the group, but for the individual, because apathy, if you don't have a purpose, you start to lose your will to do stuff. And that's not good. You want people getting up, doing stuff. You know, what I tell all my relatives is I'm like, have you walked outside today? Go outside, right? Just walk around, see the trees. Uh, you don't want people just sitting. And mm-hmm. in the the fantasy in my head, I, I just, I believe that if we all stand up, the system can work if we make it work. That if we force it to listen, say, no, no, you're going to listen. This is what we need. And in this time of crisis, it's either you have to do something or, I mean, the the problem is, is I, I don't, if we do nothing, I know it won't get better. Sometimes, you know, I, I know if we don't do anything, it, it won't just burn out. I think that's what people hoped. It won't. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think people are, are just to play on what you said, I think people are largely kind of done just sitting around. So I think if, if you, you could spread the message and spread the word, like, you know, start talking about this, get this out. Let's get this to the higher ups. People might, you know, it might give them something to kind of, kind of keep them going. I'm hoping, them I'm hoping it gives them something to fight for. I mean, it's what gives me something to fight for. And as, as cliche as it sounds, I mean, you end up getting apathetic when you're like, man, I've been in my house for like four days straight. Good God. Uh, and you end up like getting real down. And this has been, you know, for a mental health has been a pick me up for me where I'm like, okay, I got, I got something. I mean, the odds are 99 to 0.001% that I will actually do anything. And I don't just want it to be me, by the way. I don't. And it can't be me because I'm like one dude. It has to be everybody. Um, Yeah. Right there, it needs to be people, scientists, clinicians, business people, everybody, writers, ad people. It has to be everybody. It has to be from the ground up. because I don't think the solution will come from the top down. I really don't. Um, just because, I mean, look what we've seen. I and mean, we've had a year. Project Warp Speed has become Project Molasses, as I, as I like to call it. And, and, um, and I don't say that like, like, aha, I got you. Like, I, I don't say it like that. Because like, I, I would have rather it been over. Right, I would have rather it been like perfect and it just rolled mm-hmm. out and everybody had immunity and the herd just got immunity and we woke up and oh my god, like things are open, we can go about our lives and people have stopped dying. Like that would be really nice. But that's not what happened. And if we do nothing, I don't know. I I wasn't taught to just sit down and do nothing. I don't think many people were. And if we don't help ourselves, who's my question is who's going to help us? Right. It, it, at the end of the day, I mean, a company is to its shareholders for better, for worse. That's who they have to appease. Right. They don't have to appease you and I. Right. They, as I always say, biotech companies. And this is the game. I'm not begrudging them. This is how they have to turn the lights on. They have to pay people. I get it. Biotech companies are in the business of making money. They just happen to be selling pharmaceutical products. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The first yeah. part is to make money, and I un- I don't want to vilify them. There's nothing wrong with making a living, and there is not. And and you, these trials cost billions of dollars. I mean, you know, it's not like any person can be like like me. You know, like look, if I had the money to run my own damn trial, I would have done it by now. Right? 
it would have been like, great, let's, you know, I got the money, I'll bankroll this myself, but I don't. Right. So these these biotech companies, they, they absolutely serve a purpose. And I, and I do not want to throw shade on them. In fact, I would be willing to work with them. But at the end of the day, they're they're beholden to their shareholders. And if you or I aren't their shareholders, well, we're not their first priority. And that's that's just what it is. So I believe we have to make ourselves our first priority. The, the common people like. I'm just a dude like you're you're a couple of guys. I'm just a dude like we're regular people. Mm-hmm. And if we don't stick together, I, 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 you know, I mean, what is that? United we stand, divided we fall. Right. I mean, isn't that like the yeah, Abraham Lincoln? Lincoln. <laughs> right? ben Franklin, then Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's let's uh, let's let's stick together. I know it sounds like a stupid, sappy message and maybe it is, but it is nonetheless true. I mean, I, I truly believe that. What I'm trying to start, I, I want to start something that transcends science. I get that not everyone cares about 3D structural biology. They should, though. It's awesome. Just a, just a quick plug. Everyone look into that. It's really fun. But anyways, I get why people don't care about that. But people care about other people's well-being. And I mean, if we are more divided than ever, and we've all seen how that went, uh, we can only, we will only get through this together. There is only one way out of this, and I don't want it to be in a body bag because I, if if I honestly believed as a scientist that there was like no hope that this was just a virus that just beat us on everything, if I really believed that and I'd hunted down every lead, I like yeah, I I I I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. But I don't believe that. I think this thing is hard, but I think it is very beatable. And so that's why I'm here. If I may step off my soapbox for a second. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. Thank, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I think you have a, a brilliant idea, and I know I speak for myself. I'm sure I speak for you know Owen and most people. I, you know, I respect you to the fullest. Uh, it's is I, I think there's you know serious potential in this, and and I think honestly you, you're going to make a you know together working together, but specifically you, you're you're going to make a huge impact. I think I think we can we can wrap up here for now. So we'll sure. we'll keep it under under the hour. But uh, but I seriously I would I would love to have you back here to talk about this Absolutely. climate change. Um, th- this has been fabulous, and and again I I thank you so much for for coming on. Uh, yeah, yeah. and yeah, I'm I'm hoping and I believe honestly I believe in you, and I think this thank you will be a very successful idea. And yeah, I wish you the best. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and everyone tune in next time. Thank you.